0: Jordan Page is a blogger, YouTuber, and financing budgeting guru who's been featured on the Today Show, Rachel Ray, and Good Morning America as a frugality expert. Her budgeting boot camps have helped countless people get out of debt and live the life of their dreams. And today she shares some of her best advice on how to keep finances in your marriage healthy and how to work together toward your goals individually and as a couple. Jordan and I really get into some of her nitty gritty tips and if you're looking to jumpstart 2020 into better budgeting and finances, this is the episode for you. All right, guys, I have a longtime friend and a total expert on the podcast today and this is actually on a topic that you guys have asked about over and over and I am not an expert in this at all. So I am bringing on the best of the best, Jordan Page. Say hi, Jordan. Hi, you guys. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be here. And Jordan and I have known each other for a very long time. I actually met her when um, we were both in college. I knew her husband before I knew her. So I knew Bubba. Um, Back in the before glory days. I knew Jordan. <laughs> yes. And I still like vividly remember when you guys got engaged and I was just like, oh my gosh, they're the cutest couple. And you just seemed so perfect for each other. Just like both had so much personality. And um, so anyway, Aww, today we're going to talk a little bit of about the expertise that you bring into not only finance, but marriage and finance. And that's something that people have asked me a lot about. And I'm just like, oh, I don't really know because Neil and I don't fight about finances, which I know is crazy because most people do.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing. Right?
0: It's rare. So let's talk about, first of all, though, before we dive into the topic, um, what you do, what you're all about, because you have so many amazing things going on.
1: Oh, you're so nice. Oh, what do I do? Is that not the question of the day? I don't know. I feel right. <laughs> that is the golden question. Um, I guess in a- Probably in be a, easier
0: to say, what do you not do?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, as of this week, I do not exercise, but I eat a lot of chocolate. So for whatever that's worth. You know
0: what? Also, you're pregnant with twins. So-
1: I am. I that. am pregnant with twins. It's crazy. Um, so I guess, I don't know, I guess in a nutshell, the really quick synopsis is, I started out just kind of as a blogger, sharing about our financial journey. We've always been frugal, but I didn't really understand budgeting. And I felt like when I went online looking for help way back in the stone age, I felt like there were, there were coupon blogs out there and then super professional, like radio show hosts, people telling me to pay cash for a car. You know what I mean? And I really felt like there was not a lot of in between. There were not a lot of open conversations about this stuff. Like what you're bringing up, Kryn. the really hard things. Like what do you do when you fight about money and what happens when, you know, you can't make ends meet and I would love to pay cash for a car, but let's talk about Target. Like how can I afford Target? You know, not not have to hide the bags and my car from my husband. Um, Uh, so we, we really just had to kind of figure it out on our own. We've always been self-employed and that was kind of an abrupt journey in and of itself going from two stable incomes to kind of like zero stable income forever. And, uh, but we figured it out. And in 13 months of just kind of making my own budgeting systems and doing things my way, uh, we paid off all of our credit cards and that was about $15,000 of credit cards. Wow. And we paid off our car and we were only making $31,000 at the time. And wow. I, I, hate budgeting. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't like math. I have zero interest in money. It's not like I wake up thinking like, Ooh, what can I budget today? It's just really not, it's not a natural uh, strength of mine, I guess. So I think what's happened over the years is as I've shared what's worked for us, I've been able to connect with people all across the globe who are just like me that just are just trying
0: hard. Relatability of the struggle.
1: Yeah, the struggle is real. You know, I'm kind of the Rachel Ray that learned how to cook by cooking. You know, she never went to culinary school. I never went to finance school. I learned by doing, and it's, it's, been, a, it's been a really fun ride. So over the years, I've been able to do quite a few TV segments on Rachel Ray and the Today Show and Good Morning America and a bunch of those. Um, I now have a an online budgeting program that's been really fun and people have really had a lot of success with that that's called budgetbootcamp.com and then over the last mm-hmm. few years as, as you mentioned I'm pregnant with twins right now but I've already I, I've got a family of six kids already so that will make eight children yeah 10 and under by the time the twins are born and so naturally I've also been sharing a lot about time management and productivity and kind of creating systems in your home that help everything run smoothly not just your finances and so that's branched out into a lot of other things um, as well. So it's been a fun ride, a wild ride.
0: Really so cool. And you also, I mean, you do your blog, you have Instagram, you do YouTube, which when I had Millie, I started binge watching your YouTube channel. You've got so many fun videos on there. So you do a lot of really cool things. Uh, But I feel like when I think about you, I feel like the thing that you kind of, like you said, would put you on the map and that you became known for were these budgeting systems. So let's talk about um, how, well, let's just start from the beginning. If someone is listening to this and they are feeling like, I am stuck in a rut of, I can't stop fighting about money with my spouse. Where do you start with someone who's just like, I don't even know where to begin? Oh,
1: well, first of all, I would tell that person that you are not alone that in fact, I I hate to say this because I wish it wasn't the truth, but Corinne, you and Neil are the exception in the fact that you guys yeah. are really just naturally on the same page with finances, um, is extremely rare. So I would like anyone listening who feels angsty or anxiety or stress in any way about finances, especially in sharing those finances with another person. It's it's normal. It's the norm. It's difficult. It's difficult when you're a grown person. We have our own anatomy. We have our own brains. We have our own way of thinking. We have our own habits and, and strengths and way of doing things. And yet we get married and we're supposed to just magically mesh with this other person who's completely different from us and was raised yeah. differently. And it it takes a lot of work. And that's what I'd like them to know is, is it's natural and it's okay, but it doesn't have to be the way it is. That you really don't have to fight about money and you can get on the same page. You just have to be willing to work to get there. And it's not as hard as you you think. So that's the first thing I would say. I love it. Yeah. And then the next thing I would say, and we we actually spend quite a bit of time on this in, in my budgeting program because it's so important. And it's kind of just laying out the foundation of like, what do you want? What kind of life do you want? When I meet people and I tell them what I do without fail. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, maybe 10 times out of 10, the first thing they say is, oh my gosh, I should totally budget. I need to be better at that. I need, I I should totally like follow your stuff. (laughs) And I don't usually have time. So I just kind of let it go. But I usually want to say like, well, why? Like, why do you want to, like, do you want to budget just like to budget just for fun? Or do you, I mean, why? What's the purpose? It's kind of like somebody saying, oh, I should totally go just work out a lot more when they meet someone that's fit. Like, well, why are you yeah. not feeling good about yourself? Are you hoping to lose weight? Are you wanting to run a marathon someday? Are you hoping to get off medications that are a result of not exercising? Like what's your purpose? So I say the same about budgeting. Don't budget just to budget. It will never work because it's hard. It's hard and it takes work and discipline and effort. So first, before you think about the numbers, before you think about how hard it's going to be or what you're going to have to give up or whatever, just start with the why. And I, you know, in relation to doing this with your spouse, <laughs> I say, you need to go on a money date. And a lot of people don't date their spouse as much mm-hmm. at all anyway. Um, so this is a yeah. good excuse and it's twofold, you know, gets you out on a date and gets you talking about money, but You got to talk about money in a public place. Do not talk about money at home (laughs) because (laughs) you'll fight about it and you'll cry and you'll get angry at each other and it just happens. So go on a date, go to a nice public place, probably a restaurant where you're, you know, eating some nice food, (laughs) a nice calm environment and just talk. Bubba and I are totally nerdy. You know, the first time we did this, we brought our little, I brought my pad of paper because I'm a total paper person and he brought his little you know, laptop or tablet or whatever it was. And we went to the Cheesecake Factory, which was like a big splurge for us. We chose mm-hmm. that restaurant because it takes forever. It takes forever to eat. And It takes forever to get seated. And we just talked for hours and we just set goals for our lives. Like some of the questions we asked each other is like, where do we want to be five years from now? Where do we want to be 10 years from now? And we took turns asking each other and answering You know, like where, where would we want to live? Like, what kind of job do we want to have? What do we want to be driving? What do we want to be doing with Mm -hmm. our money? Um, what do we want to do in 20 years? Like, what kind of life do you want? What's, what's motivating? And that looks so different from, for everyone, right? Oh, it was shocking. I mean, I, like you said, Beba and I are a perfect match, but we are also complete opposites in a lot of ways. And I thought Mm -hmm. I knew him better than myself. And sometimes I was just so surprised by his answers because I didn't know what truly motivated him or what his dream life was. We were kind of just living day by day or year by year and we were doing it together, but it was really neat to hear from his perspective where he wanted to be in 10 years or 20 years. And that, yeah. that grounds you and that gets you excited. It builds that motivation. It kind of gets you on the same page. It helps you learn about what makes sense the other person tick in a positive way. Totally. And that's where you start really is with the motivation.
0: Okay. So once, once you have your dreams all laid out and you know what you want life to look like, then what do you do?
1: Oh, so that's where it gets, that's where it gets kind of gritty for a minute. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, it's a little bit of the ugly part. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of like if you decide, you know, I, I want to lose 20 pounds those first few Mm -hmm. weeks at the gym are the hardest because you're creating new habits. Everything hurts. You haven't found your stride yet or your groove. uh, Maybe you haven't found a workout buddy yet. Like it's always hardest at the beginning. And so, and
0: you feel like the scale isn't moving at all. Yes, it's true.
1: It's true. So at the beginning, what we say is you just get to work. You can dream all you want and you can plan all you want, but at some point you just got to get up, wake up and do it. Um, And so I would say, call I mean, the program is like 16 hours of content and a whole workbook. So to summarize in a few minutes is hard, but I would say the first thing that you would want to do is just figure out where you're at numbers wise. And that Mm -hmm. can be pleasantly surprising to people. It can be absolutely devastating to people, but it's really important. You can't go to the gym with a weight loss plan unless you know how much you weigh, right? And so we actually call it, yeah, we actually call it standing on the scale in the program where mm. you just have to kind of face the numbers and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it, but you have to know where you're starting. Um, so yeah. that's where you sit down and I would recommend doing this yet again on a money date somewhere with Wi-Fi. Um, keep emotions in check and you just kind of bring your bank statements, bring your banking apps, bring your computer, bring your receipts, whatever you need to figure out how much money are we making every month? How much are we spending every month? How much are we saving? Where's our debt at? And you just figure out the numbers. And then from there, you know, you just, you say, okay, well, clearly, you know, we're overspending every month by $1,200. So we got to figure out how to quickly cut $1,200 out of our spending or, Hey, we're actually doing pretty good. You know, we're, we've got some leftover money every month. Like, what should we do with this money? Instead of just spending it at Target or Costco, like we're eating out, you know, should we do something really cool with it? Like, do you want to go on a trip? Should we build up our savings? What do you want to do? So you have to start somewhere.
0: Right. Well, I think that's super wise that you guys start with honesty because it's hard for me to not relate everything back to the 12 steps because it's such a huge part of our lives. But when someone wants to get help, they're like, okay, I need, like, my life is spiraling out of control. I'm an alcoholic. I want to stop drinking. The first thing they have to do is get honest about their situation, you know? So I think this is really wise that it's like, okay, maybe our money isn't doing what we want it to do. We need to get honest about our situation. So that's really interesting. Yeah, Um, and
1: a tip for that, I would say, you know, because this is sometimes these hard conversations are where it ends because it's easier to just avoid hard conversations because maybe it will make her cry. Maybe it will make him frustrated. Maybe it will cause tension. Um, I am more of a confrontation person. Like I don't mind facing things head on. I, I am a literal person. I like that. Uh, I like knowing exactly what, uh, what someone's feeling or what needs to happen. Baba's the opposite. My husband, Baba, he he is extremely Really. I would oh guess that. Oh, he is extremely anti confrontational. He will do anything to avoid conflict. He's gotten better. We've a nice guy. Yeah, we've we've balanced yeah. each other out a lot, but it would probably be easier for him to just kind of swallow it and just grit it rather than cause a fight or make, make me stressed out. And so we've we balance each other. So that's so funny.
0: One thing that's Antonio that is too. Just oh, really? Like, oh, avoid conflict at all costs.
1: Yes, for sure. Which is a which is a huge gift, but can also be a hindrance. You know, and then yeah, on the flip side, someone like me that is like, well, what are you doing? Why are you? Do-? You know, sometimes that can cause some issues too. Of course. So you got to meet in the middle. And one of the things I recommend is almost make it a game that anytime mm-hmm. you meet and anytime you talk about money, that you can never say the word you. And every time you do, there's some form of consequence, like in the program, you know, we tell them to play a game where they have to put like a big piece of gum in their mouth every time they say the word you. And then eventually it's hard for you to talk at all, you know, Um, or so it can be funny. funny. It can be fun, but, but you really want to avoid that, that anytime you talk, you really kind of reflect on me or, you know, I had an idea and things like that. That that helps a lot.
0: So I'm gonna give you a scenario. And it's funny because I said like, Neil and I rarely fight about finances, but it's bringing to mind a conversation that we had when we were first married. And, um, well, not necessarily first married, but when we went from two incomes to one, I started just staying home with Annabelle when she was first born, and Neil was still working full-time outside of the home. And he was eating out, like, every day. And then I was like, okay, I'm trying so hard to, like, really stick to a budget. And he was like, well, I'm out all day. And that was—so when you have those two conflicts and you're like— so how do you do that in a me term when, cause I remember yes. going through that and being like, uh, I kind of, am only seeing the other person's yeah. weakness. How, so yeah. how do you work through that?
1: So I'll kind of share my tip backwards by answering your question. And then I'll share kind of the principle that can, uh, combat this. So to answer your question okay. first, uh, what you would do is you would basically like say, okay, let's add up how much. Uh, we spend each month on eating out, and you mm, just let the numbers okay. do the talking, and you add up, and you're like, okay, um, this is this is a third of our income that we're spending on <laughs> eating out or whatever it is. You'd be surprised; yeah people it's almost half it, because they don't. It realize adds up it. fast when you've got a yeah, like, totally. six-dollar mocha latte, extra grande, in the morning, and then you're going out <laughs> for an eight or nine-dollar lunch, and then you grab a sixty-dollar date night, dinner on the weekend, like it adds up fast, you know, yes, um, it does, Drinks totally. with friends. It, it just really adds up. So anyway, that being said, you would just say, Hey, Liz, so you categorize your expenses and you say, Oh, wow. So it looks like we're spending, you know, $800 a month eating out. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really feel like for me that it would be more important uh, for our family to spend this money on something else. So how would you feel if we were to set a budget instead of $200 a month for eating out? And then we could use that extra $600 toward the blah, 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 blah that was super motivating to us, like the trip or the new house or the uh, new washer and dryer set, whatever. And you kind of make Genius. it a conversation and let the money do, you know, you let the numbers talk and not just like, well, go, home. you know, like you're eating out every day and I grief. <laughs> like I'm sitting there <laughs> Which is I'm sure you what know? I said. No. Yeah. we've all been there we've all been there, but when you remove you, it's impossible Mm -hmm. to point fingers. You can't, the vernacular isn't there. It makes it a conversation about us. Now, what I'll do is let me teach you next step, the next principle, and it'll actually kind of fix this. So in our marriage, um, we were raised similarly and yet very differently. So in my home growing up, my dad who has an accounting background and is really good with numbers. And my mom is very frugal. Um, but we grew up in a nice home. My dad had a good job. But my dad handled all the finances and he was very good about it. He knew where all of his dollars were going. He was very conservative. Um, mm-hmm. And he would basically just, you know, give my mom her envelope of cash at the beginning of every month. And she would just spend it on what she needed to spend it on as the mom and as the wife and as the stay at home mom. And in Baba's home, his mom was the stay at home mom, his dad, the doctor. And his mom was the one that handled 100% of the finances. His dad really didn't touch Mm. them much. She managed the bank accounts and the budgets and everything. So interestingly, though we both had stay-at-home moms, we were raised in a very different financial environment in terms of who took charge of what. So you get married, right? And heaven forbid we learn in school to have these important conversations and learn anything about budgeting or debt or any of that stuff so we're married and the mail comes and we're both working full-time we just pop the mail on the counter and um don't really think much about it again and one day this little light yellow envelope catches my eye and so I actually grab it and it's like a bill so I usually just ignore those you know because he's the guy so he should handle that and I open (laughs) it and we are being sent to pre-collections for this stupid bill that was like less than $100 for who even oh, knows no. what? I can't even remember what. Luckily, it wasn't collections, collections, but it was pre-collections and it was terrifying. Yeah. It was absolutely the most terrifying letter ever. And so of course, leaving totally. me, me, I fly off the handle. I'm like, "Baba, what the, what the, what? Come on, like, you, what, you can't pay a bill. Like, what is this? What's going on? I start panicking. I'm like, are we broke? Are you like, <laughs> where's our money? What's happening? And, and then he kind of looks at me and is like, well, why didn't you pay it? And we realized in that moment, like, okay, we got to figure out whose responsibilities are what here. And and then, of course, it took even more trial and error because we do things the long way. And then come to find out we were both paying the bills and we were overpaying on everything. And that was a whole nother conflict in and of itself. So we finally (laughs) sat down one day, and this is the next step, divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. And the example that I like to give is think of, company, just any successful company, you will not find two CEOs or two CFOs or right. two CMOs. Like It would be really hard for two people in the same office to have the exact same position, the exact same responsibilities. Even though it might right. feel like two heads are better than one, ultimately there would be conflict and it wouldn't work well. You'd be, you know, double teaming on one thing and ignoring other responsibilities as a result. Same thing with, yes. there's a reason why we don't have two presidents of the United States. We'd be at civil war <laughs> with with ourselves <laughs> all the time. So if it doesn't work anywhere else outside of the home, why the heck would it work in the home? Why would it ever yeah. work for two people to be trying to do the same thing their way? It will that's not so work. That's so true. You would fight. Yeah, and that's
0: always like, yeah. That's always the number one advice I give to people too, who are like, how do you work with your spouse? And I'm, I'm always like, you have to have separate defined roles. If you don't, you're yes. dead. Yes,
1: It's true. So, it's just, we just are different. So what we did and what I recommend doing is we had a, a little money date. It was at home because we were broke and we didn't have kids at the time, but we yeah. pulled we printed out all of our bank statements and credit card statements and everything for three months. I believe in working in three month chunks, because one month might not be an accurate slice. Like December is kind of a weird month or July might be a weird month. So three months and sit down and go through and with a pink highlighter and a blue highlighter or whatever, literally go line by line by line through what you spend money on and divide responsibilities. And I I have a really thorough example of this just for free on my blog of like exactly what my list looks like and what Bubba's. Um, a few tips for this is that it's not about making sure that I have 10 and he has 10 on his list. That's not it at all. You do it based on what makes sense. So I have typically been home with the kids. Um, I don't love technology. I like using paper and pens. (laughs) I've been writing checks until recently. And finally I'm using Venmo. Like I'm kind of old school. (laughs) He's the opposite. He's always worked out of the home or full time. He doesn't own a pen. Like he loves technology. So naturally I handle the responsibilities that have to do with the kids because I'm with them all day. So I'm paying their school fees. I'm choosing the babysitter. I am paying the piano tuition for piano lessons. Mm -hmm. I'm buying their school uniforms or their uh, school photos. I'm um, the one cooking the meals. So naturally I'm the one making the meal plan and doing the grocery shopping. Now, does that mean that he could never step in and help me with those things ever? No. He, in fact, picks up groceries for me all
0: the time on his way home from work or whatever, but But I, you tell him which groceries to go get. Yeah.
1: right. We'll make the meal plan (laughs) together, but I'm the one responsible for managing that budget and making sure it happens and and making
0: sure that you know what the kids are going to eat that night.
1: Yeah. And that we're not just spending $1,200 a month on groceries unnecessarily. Likewise, Mm -hmm. he is at a computer all day. He's really good with big numbers. I'm terrible with numbers. So he is in charge of finding the best rates on our insurance. He's managing all of our bank accounts. He's watching our investments and making investments. He uh, also, he's in charge of anything having to do with the car <laughs> because I know nothing about anything mm-hmm. about a car. He manages his own personal care. Like I'm not going to hand him 10 bucks to go get his haircut. He could, he's a big boy. He can handle that himself. Um, But his big budget that he manages is our family entertainment. So like if we go out to, you know, dinner and bowling as a family, he's the one that pulls out the payment and tracks that budget. Same with date nights. He's the one that kind of makes sure that our date night budget is within check. So we now have all of our responsibilities covered. And just like a company, you know, the CMO and the CFO, they're in totally different departments doing things their way because one is a creative guy and one's a numbers guy, but they both meet at the same company meetings and they're both working for the same team and they're both fighting for the same goals and rooting each other on and supporting each other. But they're doing it their way in their own department. And that's how I believe money should happen in your own home as well.
0: Gosh, that's fascinating. And I think we're doing so many of the same things. We just have never exactly labeled that um, as, okay, these are your responsibilities or these are mine. But I have seen where it works really well when we are like, okay, you've got this, right? Like, you're going to always do this. Like, the car thing. Like, I... If it were up to me, we would never maintain our cars. Neil's always the one who's like, "Uh, we should probably put new tires on the car. Like new tires? It would take me until the car was literally all four tires were flat for me to be like. Just grinding on the ground. (laughs) Probably should have done new tires, you know. So where do you think that a lot of um, couples fall into like pitfalls with this, with What do you what could you maybe tell someone as they're setting up these roles to know, you know, know to avoid or know to make it a little bit of a smoother process?
1: It's tricky because those of us who are organized, kind of type A, we really don't mind having control over everything. Sometimes it's hard To let go of control and let someone do it their way, and I would say that was probably the hardest adjustment for me, because naturally, just just personality-wise in our marriage, I am a systems person. I'm much more organized naturally than Bubba is, and I'm very efficient. And so sometimes it would absolutely drive me nuts to see his way of loading the dishwasher, or you know, in this case, paying the bills or whatever it is, and It it started out as a little bit of a rocky road at first until, and we walked through this in the program, until I learned to stop managing someone else's department and focus on my own. Mm. And that's really where the magic started to happen. Because in the end, I realized that my way works really well for what I do. But you know what? He's doing a good job. And he's handling all the stuff that doesn't naturally fit within my strength. And so, who am I yeah. to say that my way of doing things is better? Now, this is where the maintenance comes in, and and like I said, it's never a one and done. It's never a, you know, set at once and walk away forever. It it takes. It's like a car. You could buy a brand new car, but it's always going to need maintenance in order for it to run well. You got to put new tires mm-hmm. on, friend, or you're going to be running on rinds. I right? know.
0: No, but, we literally had that conversation <laughs> two days ago. That's why it's on my mind. Yeah, <laughs> so no, I was it's like, like Ugh. Like, That's not what I want to dollar? spend our money on, but it's important. Yeah.
1: I'm like, tires, I'm fine. And he's like, uh, I can literally see metal through the time. I'm like, I'm sure it's fine, right? Um, but what, what I recommend doing is making it so casual and common and normal to talk about how things mm-hmm. are going that it doesn't even give an opportunity for conflict to arise. I consider it um, like a company meeting, if you will the companies that are run the best are the ones that have, you know, meetings every week, executive meetings or company meetings or whatever. Yeah. If you wait. have great communication. Company, yes. If you wait to have a big company-wide meeting until things are really like in the crapper, then it gets stressful and anxious and it's your, everyone's got their, they're too far gone. So every Sunday yeah. is our day that we, we call mm-hmm. it a weekly weigh-in. Just like on The Biggest Loser, like every week, We stand on the scale. We see how we're doing. For us, that Sunday, that's kind of our day. We put the kids to bed. We sit down. We plan our meals for the week, kind of schedule our week. And then we just kind of casually talk about how things are going. And this is where the trick of never saying you comes in. You only It's like Mm. a company meeting where you go around the table, the boardroom table, and you report on how your department is doing. And that's where the accountability comes in. So you would say, so for my responsibilities, you know, when we divide and conquer, You, you set a budget Mm -hmm. for those kind of like how my dad would give my mom her envelope of cash every month and say, here, this is to cover all of the things that you're responsible for. It's kind of like that, but just in a new, new school kind of way. So I have my budget and for me, I'm in charge of groceries and the kids and the house. And so what, how much money do we need for that each week to keep all of those things running? And then each Sunday I kind of talk about like, Hey, you know, we did really well on our budget this week. So-and-so invited us to dinner and then we ate leftovers twice and I wasn't expecting that. So we have like 50 bucks left over from the grocery budget. What do you think we should do with it? Should we put it toward that Disney vacation or is there a credit card that needs paying off? Or, um, and so you end up reporting on your own responsibilities and your own department. And that's where, that. like you said, honesty comes in and a lot of humility. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've had to have the conversation of, hey babe, listen, so it's been two months. And every single week without fail, I'm over budget by $50 on groceries and look like I have tried everything. I've been doing this, doing this. I just think it's not enough. So I've been thinking, and if I take $50 from over here instead, and if we can give me 50 more dollars per week, then we'll be on par. You know, You have those conversations where you are right. presenting a solution. You're presenting why things aren't working and it's not well, why do you go to Target again? And why are you over $50 every week? And what is this for? And what, you just mm. do it. You just get it done and yeah. it just removes the conflict.
0: Yeah, that's such wise advice. Um, I wanted to ask you, so you were just, this made me think of what to do when you said, okay, I have $50 left over. Um, and this is a little bit bigger picture question, but when you said in the beginning, like, write down your goals and talk about your dreams. How do you advise couples who the husband would like to buy a million dollar sports car with their retirement money and the wife would like to travel the world? Or I don't know. I'm just like bringing up two different things. Oh my God. Like you said in the beginning, like we're all such different people. So what's your advice there? I tell life story of Bubba and I going through this exact same situation. Yes, please. And it's kind of
1: recent too. So we tend to call this phase two finances where phase one is where you're really just trying to figure out how to make ends meet. You're trying to just, you know, you're in the grind. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Mm -hmm. you've got some pressing debt, some school loans or credit cards you need to pay off. Maybe you're still figuring out your career, whatever. Well, phase two is kind of what you're talking about, where where you're like okay wait a minute we've hit our financial goals we've got 6 yeah. months to live off of in the bank maybe even 12 months we've got a super reasonable car payment our house is paid off we don't have credit card debt like we're doing good like what what do we do now and interestingly yeah. and being completely honest baba and i hit that recently we paid off our home and that was kind of our last big financial goal and finances had, have never been harder than they are now because now Mm -hmm. we're having to make decisions out of, not out of necessity, but out of like strategy. And that's harder. Mm -hmm. It's harder. It was easier to just know that we couldn't afford something or that like, oh, we still have a credit card to pay off. Like, no, we can't go to Disneyland or no, we can't buy our kid an Xbox. Or now we're having to say no out of principle, not out of necessity. And sometimes that's harder. So Mm. so phase two is a blessing and it's amazing, but the work does not stop there. In fact, we are starting over. So what happened was a few, um, few years ago, we, we moved into our home. We had saved up forever and ever and ever. We had flipped this short sale and just scrimped and saved for years and years so that we found the home that we're in now, which is our dream home. We hope to never leave. Got it for a killer deal. We put a ton down on it. So our mortgage was mm-hmm. very small. And we finally kind of felt like like we had made it. We had paid off all our other debt, super reasonable mortgage. And we were like, oh my gosh, welcome to phase two. Like this feels good. So we decided yeah. as a couple, you know, what do we do next? And going back and forth a lot. I, I really had a talk with Beba, And I was like, look, here's the thing. You're a saver and I get it, but I'm a spender. And I feel like for the last 10 years of our marriage, it's been all about phase one and just doing what's right and saying no and being really conservative. And I said, I would really love it if we could do something big and celebrate all of our hard work. And I wanted to put in a pool in the backyard. So we talked about it, we talked about it. We decided, yes that would be great. Let's put in a pool. And then after that's done and paid off, then we'll, you know, with our money, we'll, you know, focus more on retirement or investing or all the boring stuff that Bubba really likes and I hate. So mm-hmm. we saved up and we like, I was a mad woman saving up for this pool. Like, I don't think I shot <laughs> for a year. I mean, we were really doing such a good job, saved up, plans drawn up, put down the deposit and we were like ready to go on this pool and Baba sat me down at one of our meetings. He's like, so don't hate me, but I've been thinking, and I like lean forward in my chair and I'm like, don't you dare. Don't, what are, what is happening? He's like, I really feel <laughs> like, I really feel like we need to use that money to pay off our house instead of put in a pool. And you could have heard me scream five blocks down. I was just like, <laughs> no, uh-uh. no. not happening. Like this is my pool. Like I, it was, it was just a conversation I was not even going to have like, heck no, we decided you can't do that. Like, no. And I was mad and I was mad. I was like, don't go back on this plan. We agreed. We've been working hard for the last year. Well, Mm -hmm. now he is feeling unsure about putting in a pool, which is a huge financial investment. And he feels like we need to do something better with it. And I feel cheated and like robbed and angry and mad. And, um, so he, he tried a different tactic he kind of let me cool off <laughs> didn't bring it up again for a little bit and then he literally made a slide presentation like with like on powerpoint a powerpoint presentation cuz i'm extremely visual and he <laughs> made these little pretty pie charts with like my favorite colors and did all these things and he said babe can i just show you just show you my idea you don't have to say anything we don't have to make a decision i would just love for you to just Hear where I'm coming from. And so I sat there stone cold arms crossed the whole time. But he showed me this presentation where he explained like, look, if we sell our investment property, you know, we had like a little rental townhome. It was the home we bought when we first married that we just couldn't sell because we got a crappy deal on it. And so we were just renting it out. Anyway, he's like, if we sell that, if I sell my motorcycle, if we shift some money around, if we do this and this and this and this, and he was like, look, we could pay off our house in this short amount of time. And then all of the money that we were spending on our mortgage, we could then turn around and we could not only pay off our house, but we could also have a pool. And all we would have to do is wait like another year or whatever. I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but he really took the time in a loving way to show me like, look, if we're just patient a little bit longer, we can both have what's important to us. And he's like, and then Mm -hmm. we're totally debt free. And, and it softened my heart, honestly, and it made me realize that that he was right, and it hurt. It hurt bad, and I had to really humble myself because, out of principle, I just wanted that dang pool. I'd worked
0: so hard, and I know it's hard when you was when so you've got hard. your like head, you've got your mindset on something. Yeah,
1: it was hard, but you know what? We ended up instead paying off the house and when we got the plans for the pool and we were ready to like break ground, I felt totally sick about it. We decided not to do it. We had a friend whose baby really? passed away that summer and just a few other things mm. that from a pool and, and come to find out a few years down the road, we stocked the money away. We ended up buying um, a, a property that we had dreamt about for years. And anyway, so it was one of these things that Had we bought the pool, not only would we have not paid off our house, but we wouldn't have gotten our cabin that we now use for business and other things. And I realized now that he had these inklings that we weren't making the right decision and that he approached it properly and lovingly and gently. And, you know, that we talked about it as a couple. And I think we made the right decision. And sometimes someone has to cave. Sometimes someone has to humble themselves. But at the end of the day, you just have to kind of get on your knees and try to do what's best for your family long-term and be really strategic about it and know that sometimes no isn't forever. Sometimes no is maybe just right now. Sometimes it's taking turns. So now like Bubba really wants money to invest, like to kind of throw at stocks or try different things. I want money Mm -hmm. to be able to fix up our home that's kind of an older home and to make it my home that I love. And so we decided on a percentage that we both feel comfortable with. And each month Mm -hmm. we have a small percentage of our paycheck. Half of it goes into his account for investing. Half of it goes into my account for home repairs and stuff. And so we are each winning slowly and able to use some of our phase two money for the things that are important to us. And so sometimes you're all in on one thing and sometimes you split and go slower on others, but that's just where marriage comes in. Compromise.
0: Right. I love that story about Bubba and just how he softened your heart and help and how you guys made this right decision together. And I've been to this cabin that you guys bought and it's so beautiful. And what a cool thing that it turned into, you know, something better than what you would have expected. I have a funny little story that I should share with you that you'll appreciate um, that has to do with finances. So when Neil and I were engaged, I was fine. I was like in the position to finally buy my first big girl car. Like I was going to buy it. I was going to sign on the loan. And for some reason, I got in my head that I really wanted this Audi A4. And it was like a red Audi A4 that I found that was used. And it was like <laughs> this beautiful car that I was so excited about. And we were both like working full time and we were a little bit older. So, um, you know, I could afford to have a car payment that and I, and it was also a necessity. Like the car that i had had for several years was like, totally breaking down. But this car that I really had my heart set on, it just was a little bit out of budget for me. And Neil kind of did exactly what you talked about Bubba doing. He kind of was like, Corinne, I think you'll be happier maybe not taking on this much of a financial burden. I think, you know, let me help you because he's so good with cars. Like, let me help you find something that you'll still love, but it just won't be quite as much of a burden for you. And so I agreed and listened to him and we found a car that I loved And, um, and I drove that for a few years until we had kids. But, um, then down the road, gosh, I want to say like, let's see, maybe five or six years later, we were, um, in the position where Neil was no, like we both were working from home. So neither of us had a commute and we were selling a car of his and then we, we needed to buy a new car and we showed up to an Audi lot and we were looking at used Audis and then, um, there was only one red Audi A4 on the lot and it was a brand new one. And he was like, just test drive it. Just go drive it around the block and see what you think. And so I did. And then um, came back and we kind of talked it over and we had enough money to buy the car in cash. So oh, that's what we my did. Gosh. I and I it just was that. cool that like, he was like, get your dream car. I want you to get it. And, you know, he's like, you wait, you you know, you made the responsible decision that many years ago. And now like, we're in the position that you can. So that was a few years ago. And we drove that car for like three years and loved it. But it was just kind of special that it was like, okay, that good, like that wise decision a long time ago ended up paying off down the road, you know? So anyway, that's so neat. And you know what
1: it takes? It takes a lot of humility. And like anyone who's listening, that says, that conversation would not work with my spouse. If I had that conversation, my spouse would just say, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. That's where sometimes you need to accept that you need help. And there is no shame in going to a good marriage counselor. Or I just think if you Mm -hmm. get to the point in your marriage where someone is doing something, whether you want them to or not, whether it's like, I don't care what you say, I'm doing it anyway. I mean, sometimes there are maybe... Some deeper communication issues there. Sometimes um, you're, you know, it's just been too many years of you living independent. Maybe there are some resentments that have built up that yeah. maybe it's not only about the money and about that financial decision. Um, Bubba and I got to a really rocky point in our marriage, and it actually didn't have anything to do with money, ironically, because usually it does. And we we were desperate we weren't sure we were going to make it this was not even that long ago a couple of years ago and we found a good counselor and we only had to go you know two maybe three times and they completely flipped everything around sometimes having that third body that mediator if you will that you know kind of the, mm-hmm. the Switzerland is what we would call it like the neutral territory yes. between you two um someone is, who's not emotionally invested either way yes is sometimes all it takes to realize like, you know what? I deep down, it's actually not about the red Audi. It's just that I am so mad that I feel like I've been working so hard for so long and that I don't feel respected for that. Or, you know, sometimes there's a deeper issue. So to anyone like usually a
0: pride issue.
1: Yes. Or, you know, betrayal or trust, or it could just be, yeah, maybe like maybe you've got to humble, humble yourself. Maybe you've gotten your way for too long. You know, Maybe you were raised in a family where your parents never made you sacrifice anything. And so now as an adult, sacrifice can be very difficult in your thirties. <laughs> Let me tell you what. So I would just like to say that if you're listening to this and if your thought is that would never work, let's go talk to someone. Please go find a trust yeah. counselor, a marriage specific counselor. I recommend someone who's really invested in keeping your marriage together and is, you know, really well-versed in, in dealing with the husband and wife and the different dynamics involved for the husband and wife or spouses and start there.
0: Yeah. I love that advice. And I totally agree with it. I think there really is so much wisdom in going to a good counselor, a good therapist. And what I would add to what you said is to not be afraid to ask people for, um, recommendations because I think there are, really good counselors and then I think there are not as good counselors out there you know because I've done my fair share of therapy so um, (laughs) just don't be afraid to ask you know ask people who you admire and respect you know ask a church leader ask um someone in a mom group or in any community of people that you trust and look up to of hey have you ever been through um you know marriage counseling or do you have anyone you can recommend I I I totally agree with you there's it's so good to have like that third party, just be able to see things clearly and to give you both advice. And That's I love that. True. I,
1: I actually, admittedly, I got a referral from a trusted friend. I went to one mm-hmm. counselor, uh, one therapist. And then I actually, you know, just to cross my T's and cover all my bases. I got another referral, and went to a second one, just on my own, because I was struggling with several things in our marriage. And sadly, both of those therapists independently led me to the advice that I'd be better off divorced than married to Bubba. And it caused a lot of issues where I was like, wow, maybe I do need to just separate from him. And it wasn't until we found this third therapist who was a specific marriage therapist and you know wanted to see us both together that really we found but it wasn't just about healing me and what i wanted but it was about keeping us together and working us out together yeah. so i love that advice karen and i can't stress that enough that
0: you got to find the right one we've experienced that too but um yeah i'm i'm so glad that you continue to look for someone who gave you advice that felt right because i think I at the end of the day everyone has that intuition you know we call it the spirit whatever you want to call it but you know in your heart if someone is giving you good advice that feels right you know So, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, you've given us so many amazing things to think about and to just new ideas and things that I'm going to try with Neil. So, um, this is the last question that I always ask everyone. And it is if there's one message that people walk away from this interview remembering, what do you want that one message to be?
1: Oh, no. Oh, this is such a hard one
0: for someone who
1: is what's the opposite of a minimalist? Am I a maximalist? maximum. I don't know, (laughs) but you can do it. I believe in you. Oh my gosh. So many things. Um, okay. Well, aside from everything we've talked about, I would vehemently with every fiber in me, I wish I could just stand up and yell it from the rooftops that it is 100% absolutely hands down, no questions possible to live the life of your dreams. And I mean that, and that sounds so cheesy, kind of like business coachy, you know. But I'm dead serious that it's possible. I don't know if that means that you're going to have your own private French chalet somewhere (laughs) off in Europe. (laughs) Who knows? Anything's possible. But more so, what do you want your home to feel like? What do you want your dream job to be? What do you want your marriage to be like? Like, what do you want to wake up happy every day? You know, what does that happy look like? It's possible. But equally as vehemently as I would shout that it's possible, I will also shout, it will not be handed to you. It will not. Yeah. It will. No one is going to hand you your dream life. The only way you're going to get it is if you wake up, you put your feet on the floor, you put your phone away and you get to work. And it's like hitting the gym. Sometimes you sweat a little harder at the beginning and it's really hard. But then you wake up the next day, you put your feet on the floor, you put your phone away and you get to work again and again and again. And eventually you look back and maybe only a year later or five years or 10 years later, you're like, holy cow, I did it. Versus looking back at the end of your life and saying, maybe if I had only, you know, worked a little harder or set goals a little sooner, would I have had a different path? No one wants to live with regret. So get to work, set those goals, Set your sights on what your dream life looks like, and trust me—if I can do it, you can do it. Because I am terrible at all of these things, and it's totally possible.
0: No, but what I mean—what a beautiful testament you are to making weak things strong. And that's just what you're saying here too—is you got to do the work. You know, very very few people are just perfectly gifted naturally at doing all of these things right and budgeting and marriage and all of the things like it takes work, you know, anything that's worth it in life takes work. So I love all of those things that you shared and all of your wisdom and advice. So if there's someone listening to this who feels like, oh my gosh, I learned so much and I want to learn more and I want Jordan to be my mentor and all of these things, where can people find you and get more of all of this wisdom?
1: Yes, I would love to join you into the family. Um, (laughs) The first place people like to start typically is Instagram um, at Jordan Page. Just my name on Instagram is a good way to start. And then I have all the links to all my different things there. But I would say find me on Instagram. If you want more information on budgeting, I would love to help you out. I've got my budgeting program that I basically wrote as if I was sitting down and coaching someone one-on-one like I had for years and years. So it's really great money back guarantee, all of that. And we've got a killer sale going on right now. So I'll just, I'll just put the information in the show notes, Corinne, if that's fine for people Perfect. who want yes. more information on that. Um, and totally. then we'll get that from
0: you and put that in the show notes. Yeah. So, yeah. That'd be great. That sounds awesome. And in your YouTube too, I just have to shout that out because I oh, think that's, sure. you guys have so much helpful, awesome information there. Like so many different budgeting and productivity Tips and hacks, and thank you. Things too, and that. And your YouTube channel is what? Again, tell me.
1: Yes, it's YouTube.com/slash/fun-cheap-or-free, and we can put that in the show notes. It's also in the link in my Instagram profile. But yeah, YouTube is is a big one. That's really where I pour a lot of my most recent tips. And my my heart goes on YouTube. I do love YouTube, so go connect there. It's great.
0: It's awesome. Okay. Well, thanks thanks so much, Jordan, and. Can't wait to see these beautiful little twins pop out, too. Oh, my gosh. They make the cutest kids. Eight kids, Corinne. Send help. I know. Send a nanny. If anyone can do it, it's you. Oh, my gosh. We got this, right? Yes, please. We got this. Okay. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast, and you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox, and we'll email you every time there's a new episode.